0: We exalt thee, O Lord. Man, what will heaven be like someday? And if you can't be moved by a song like that, I don't know that you'll be moved by anything. That song is powerful. A positive vision. This past week I had the great honor and privilege of going to the local BMV and getting my glasses or my eyesight checked. And so, you know, we always, we we have to, and especially men, men have to um, feel tough and independent and strong. And uh, we can't show any weakness. Sir, I noticed on your license that... uh, You do not have to have your glasses on. I go, that's exactly right. I'm going to try this today without my glasses. So I took them off. Now, all of you know that just two weeks ago, I turned the ripe, young, youthful, prime age of 48. And so as I was there getting my eyesight checked... She's like, sir, this is how it works. Take your glasses off and we'll go ahead and we'll have you put your forehead against that screen. And and many of you know that I have a little bit of obsessive compulsive disorder. And uh, so I notice there's these little white things there. I'm like, did somebody else put their forehead on that thing? Because I'm not doing it. Sir, you just rip it off. See, there's those little disinfectant tabs. Did you guys know that? Yeah, see how things just change in the world? And uh, so you take that off, and then you press against it. And she says, now, when I tell you, it's going to blink on this side or it's going to blink on that side. And I want you to read this line and that line and and so on and so forth. And I'm like, I've got this. Glasses off. Head against the clean, white, disinfected pad that's right up there on my forehead. And I stare. I'm like telling myself, Todd, you can do this. Todd, you've got this. Sir, read line number two on your right side oh that's easy b-m-l-o-p-q okay sir do the left side the fourth one down okay that is and i'm talking i figured if i talked it would help me to clear my eyesight so i just kept talking and i'm looking at that thing oh Oh, I need to push my head forward. It disappeared on me. You know, so you keep talking, and I'm like, and I'm studying that thing really hard. And, you know, you're squinting your eyes, and I'm like, which eye is bad? I think it's this eye and not that eye. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, what's going on with my vision? Well, many of you know that my vision has changed over the last couple of years, and so we don't know really what's going on, but I, I have a, a suspicion it's age. But anyhow, so as I, was, as I was looking into that thing, I read it. Are you ready? P, P as in Paul, Q. And you know what I hear? Listen, this is great. She's behind me going, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this isn't going well. See, I had to say P as in Paul because I needed a minute or two just to focus on the next letter that was there. So I'm like, R. Oh, no, wait a minute. I think that's a B. (laughs) Nope, I'm going with an R. Am I a winner? (laughs) And so this is is a trip. She gets through. She goes, okay, good job. I don't even know what I did. I think I aced that one. Ready? And now, sir, on the other side, we're going to have you go down to line number five. I need bifocals for line number five, and I don't even have bifocals. But ready? I got this. Go ahead and read it in S D as in dog. That's not B as in boy. Are you sure? That's what she asked me. Are you sure? I go B as in boy On to the next one. S as in Sam. Um, and actually she started laughing. She goes, okay, good job. So we get to the other side. I flunked it. Um, L-B-G-Z as in zebra. She goes, well, you did pretty good. You're allowed to have three mistakes. That's all you made. I said, glory. I put my glasses back on. She goes, what does it even make a difference? I went through all that just to say what? I can now drive without my glasses. And any of you that have rode with me know that as soon as I get in the car, I'm putting those glasses on because I've got to see. But I just always think that if I ever get pulled over and he gives me one of those little Those little things that says, sir, where's your glasses? I can say they're right here or on my face or whatever. So anyhow, now I can still be cool and I can still wear cool sunglasses and I don't have to have my glasses on. But this morning I said all that to say I want to talk to you and encourage all of you about having a positive vision a positive vision. Maybe you woke up this morning and life has just been awful this week. Maybe you've just been discouraged. Maybe things just haven't turned out like you had anticipated when you started off last week. You walked out of church. You were so excited. The Holy Spirit was all over you and you just couldn't wait to get out there and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and his ascension. But then all of a sudden something took place. Because as soon as you got home, you forgot to check your answer machine that somebody left a message on Friday. You listened to that answer machine, and it just discouraged you, wiped you out. Maybe you got a phone call from a doctor. Maybe it was your bank. Maybe you forgot to make a car payment, a house payment. I don't know what you've been going through, but I know this, that it's okay. Because you have the great ability to turn around your vision. And I really believe that Satan has a way of blurring our vision so that we lose sight of who he is. We lose sight of who Christ is, who those that are around us are, and what our involvement is in their life. Oh, look what she did. Look how she treated you. I'm guilty. Listen, these messages are for me just as much as they're for you. But we have a tendency to say to point the finger when we've got three of them pointing back. Because our vision gets blurred. Vision is a funny thing. Some people have it. Some people don't have it. And some people just think they have it. And those who think they have it always seem to try and run the show for everybody else when you talk about vision. I like what it says in Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I'm reminded of a story I heard about an elders meeting at the church one evening. There were three elders sitting around the table with the pastor. The pastor had received a vision from God and was explaining to the elders saying they should initiate that vision into the church. You see me grinning already. When they took a vote, the tally was three elders against one pastor. Four. Four. The lead elder spoke up and said, well, the vote is 3-1. Sorry, pastor, you are outvoted. Pastor, and it is late, so let's close in prayer. Don't you just love boards? They're awesome. The pastor, not wanting to give up that easily, prayed that the Lord would somehow show the elders that it was not his vision he fought for, but that it was the Lord's vision he was fighting for. At that moment, a lightning bolt came through the windows, splitting the table in half and throwing all the elders to the floor. After they all got up, the lead elder said, well, pastor, the vote is now 3-2. You still lose. Wonder who showed up there. Why is it that we have no godly vision? Could it be that we are really not focused on God? I like what Helen Keller once said. She said, the only thing worse than being born blind is to be born with sight, but with no vision. I think the vast majority of our society has no vision for their lives. They have no vision for their families. They have no vision for their families or for their church. I also believe that when people make the choice to fully give themselves to Jesus Christ, they receive a godly vision. Of great proportions. And God starts to change your life. So when people come to me and they say to me. Pastor, I don't have no vision. I have no vision at all. My question is how much of themselves have they fully and faithfully committed to Jesus Christ? Someone once described godly vision this way. It is like the soft notes in a song. It is seeing the world through God's eyes and seeing the delight he takes in having all of us as his children. Anyone can see the physical, but it takes something special to see the spiritual. It takes God's vision given to us through our acceptance of who? Of his only son, Jesus Christ. And it is that vision that creates the only true joy as humans shall ever know. So today I want to talk about vision, specifically what it means to have positive vision. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 verses 22 and probably read through 24. Well, I might even start at 19. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 24. Let me have a word of prayer quickly. Father, we just love you. and We thank you, Lord, that we can come before you today. Lord, let us have vision like you have. Let us have vision for lost souls. Lord, help us to refocus where we have blurred vision. Help us to be mindful of, Lord, our role, our family's role, the church's role. And Lord, help us to see clearly what you would want us to see. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. I think I need that other pair of glasses. Where's my bifocals? Verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy And thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You see, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. You see, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The concept of laying up treasures in heaven is not pictured as one of meritus benefits, but rather of rewards for faithful service. My question to you this morning is, where is your focus? We cannot seek earthly gain and expect heavenly reward. We cannot expect or seek earthly gain and expect heavenly reward. Let me repeat verses 22 and 23 where it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single or healthy, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil or unhealthy... Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee is dark, how great is that darkness. Jesus used this metaphorically to say that if a man's spiritual sight is healthy and his affections directed towards heavenly treasure, his whole personality will be without blemish. It's very difficult to allow the distractions of life and and it's very easy to allow all of that outside influence to control the outcome of our day. The outcome of our Christian life. The outcome of our walk. The outcome of our relationships. How about this? The outcome of our business dealings. We have to be very careful. Here's what the scripture says. If thine eye be single refers to a single fixed vision. Or goal. It says there, if thine eye is evil, refers to either deception or disease. The eye, evil eye is not something devilish or mysterious. or Yes, but rather a deceptive vision that causes the viewer to mistake the identity of an object. That's just evidence of walking in darkness. I don't know how many of you have had ippy dippy of the eye. Epidipiditis of the eye is called pink eye. If you've ever had pink eye, for some reason, the eyeball goes, comes out about this big, it gets really red, your eyeball swells up, like your eyelid, up above, down below, and it just decides to do all kinds of wonderful ooey-gooey yuck Why are you all looking at me like I'm the only one in the room that's ever had pink eye? And I just watched it on YouTube. So now I see what it does. But if you've had pink eye, then you know it blurs your vision. And you have to be very careful what influences we allow in. If you're allowing darkness into your eye versus light into your eye, what's the outcome going to be? How is it going to affect Your walk spiritually. Spiritual vision is our capacity to see clearly what God wants us to do and to see the world from his point of view. But this spiritual insight can be easily clouded. Self-serving desires, interests and goals block that kind of vision. God is the best way to restore it. A clear eye is one that is fixed on God. Where are you? I know for myself in the, in the busyness of my week, I can get distracted. How many of you said I started off last week? I started off in January, and I said I had some great goals for this year. I was going to be focused. I made up my mind I was not going to eat this kind of food. I made up my mind I was going to get up at this time of the day. I made up my mind I was going to serve my husband and roll out the red carpet for him. I made up my mind that I was going to cook dinner for my wife. See, I was helping you wives out here. I was going to cook dinner for my wife every single night. And for whatever reason, none of it has happened for you. Things change. Situations change, which cause, it causes many of us to change our outcome. We lose focus. God created you as a visual being with an incredible imagination. You see, your eyes take in 4 million bytes of information every single second. The moment input reaches your brain, the data is processed, forming a 3D picture or a 3D color picture in your mind. Your imagination is extremely, extremely powerful. Now, right now, I said all that, and I just want you to stop daydreaming and stay with me this morning. Because your mind is a powerful tool. Now, let's just kind of picture this. If I were to write the words on a canvas, beautiful blue beach, sunny blue beach. And the water crashing upon the shore in Cancun. Your mind just went there, didn't it? It colors that. You see, if I wrote it down on a canvas, and that's all I wrote, you wouldn't simply just see the words. Your mind shows you an image of the setting that I just described. A picture that is drawn up from your mental computer and your memory, your memory banks. In the same way, each of us has a picture of ourselves and our imaginations. That self-image is similar to a thermostat in a room. You see, it sets the standard at which you will function. You will never, ever consistently rise higher than the image you have of yourself, and you will never accomplish things that you don't first see yourself accomplishing. Unfortunately, many people have a negative vision for their lives. They don't see themselves rising higher or overcoming their obstacles. Consequently, they're limited by their own vision. Your eye is the lamp to your body. What you see through your eyes of faith is what you see through your spiritual vision. It's talking about the image that is in front of you. And in my life, I can just tell you this. And today we're going to be having lunch with those that are interested in in joining our church. And for some of you, you've been here for quite some time. We haven't had the new members class. You already know doctrinally what we believe, but we're going to go over this stuff and enjoy lunch together. But I have to tell you, if I didn't have a vision before me, I don't believe we would be sitting in this building. It goes all the way back to when I was the ripe age of 25 years old. I got a phone call from a company in Boston Heights, Ohio, and I became assistant to the CEO. And I worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I worked so hard. I was there third shift, second shift, first shift. I mean, it was a lot of work. I would fly to Bolivar, Tennessee, fly back up here. I mean, 500 up here, 200 down in, in Bolivar, Tennessee. It was a lot of work, and I remembered we had our firstborn daughter, Caitlin, and at that time I thought, "Man, I'll never get a chance to see her. I'll be working and working and working." And I remember at that time, and, and right when we got married, I'm a back up just a little bit. I was an administrator for a company in Macedonia. Also, you know, there's Boston Heights in Macedonia. I don't know why God kept pushing me up north. But I knew then that I said, you know, I'd like to to start a cleaning company. And I'll never forget having this conversation with my father. And and during this conversation, I remember I walked in. He was in his favorite recliner drinking his favorite Pepsi with, depending on that day, you put three pieces of ice in there or five pieces. It all depended on how he wanted it. And uh, he was really picky about that kind of stuff, wasn't he? Three pieces of ice, four pieces of ice, whatever. But anyhow, so, uh, and he was reading the paper. And I remember just walking, I'm like, I've got to talk to my dad about this. So I knew where the company had gone. It caught on fire. And I'm like, I want to go full time in the cleaning industry. Because if I go full time in the cleaning industry, then I can help small churches that cannot afford a youth pastor. So I went in and I sat down and I'm like, Dad, I have something to tell you. Now, you'd have to know my father. He was not a man who was as expressive as your pastor is, and, uh, but he had the paper in front of him. We'll pretend I'm him, and I'm the other guy, Todd, his son. Hey, Dad, I'm going to start a cleaning company. Hey, Dad, I was thinking it would be a great idea to start a cleaning company. And this is all I saw. He takes the paper, moves it down, and he goes, why are you thinking like that? How'd you have a good job? I had a choice. Now, I always wanted my dad's approval. I think many of us want our parents' approval. I don't care what age you are. But then something happened. I'm like, I have to paint a picture for him. There has to be some... Beautiful blue skies, some crashing water in Cancun. I was like, I've got to paint a picture for him. And he's like, so tell me what your thoughts are. As he crossed he kind of talked about, so tell me what your thoughts are. Where I'm like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. It's only gonna cost you twenty two thousand dollars for me to start I, that's not really what happened. But anyhow, I, I you know, I just thought I'd throw that in there. That's probably what dad was thinking actually. And uh, you know, my my dad and my stepmom did help us and we got the vacuum sweeper. Remember that, the electrolytes, the shampooer, and so um, but to start the business and do carpet cleaning, so on and so forth. Well, anyhow, I had to paint a picture for him. Dad, this is what I do, this is how I handle it, so on and so forth. And so as I started to paint a picture, he goes, you know what I think there is, it's very lucrative, it's, it's prosperous company. Todd, if you think you can do it, go for it. You you know, handle it. So now I jump forward, and here we are at New Hope. We're sitting in a building that all of a sudden, there came a time when, when God called us to start a church. And as we started that church, I remember being a, on a deck on 4th Street, and then here we are on, on Broad Boulevard, and then before long we're uh, on Grant Street at the Court Cultural Center. But what happened was this, that a vision I had was not in any one of those places. It was in a building. And you see, if you don't have a vision and we don't fulfill that vision, then we're slamming the door on what God has for all of us. And so I just remember, I don't know how it happened. It might have been with Leslie. Somebody told her about this church over here. My wife and I were at Swenson's. We decided to drive around here. We found the church outside. We're like, look at this building wow, it's for, it's for sale, you know. and they told us they would never do it, but all along I kept saying, but God has shown me. I see this vision. We're not going to be in the YMC, We're not going to be the core cultural center. Full speed ahead, here we are in this building, 12 and a half years as we embark upon this coming September of 13 years of what God has done. Not what we've done, but, be, but you see, if you never have a vision, then it goes away. See, when God starts to be a part of your life, because it says where there is no vision, people perish, you're all here. And what Satan wants us to do is say, look who isn't here. He's done that to me. And he reminds me, wait a minute, remember, this is God the Father, the Holy Spirit saying, look at what I'm doing in and through people's lives. That's exciting. You've made an impact on hundreds of people. You've made an impact on thousands of people. One funeral, we had over 1,000 people come through this building. Why? Because it's a community that's embracing a vision. See, and when I go way back and I look back at the, the dad who said, what are you talking about? It made me stop and realize that God gave the desire for me to go from an executive white-collar worker to a blue-collar worker that was able to fulfill his will and not mine. So I had to see his vision through my eyes. See, his vision, he wants each and every one of us to embrace. He wants each and every one of us to embrace his vision for our lives. For our family. For your spouse. Where are you at with your children? Where are you at in your marriage? Where are you at as an individual? Where are you as a church? What images have you produced in your minds? Have you woke up today and said, I have positive thoughts, positive thoughts that are going to reinforce, I'm going to make it through the day, I'm going to church, and today, I don't care what distractions are around me, my focus is solely on him and nothing else. Maybe you woke up this morning, said, you know what, it's probably going to be freezing in there, what am I going to wear? Oh, it's going to be way too hot. Well, in Ohio, since we haven't seen spring in nine months... You're probably thinking, I better get out my winter clothing. We never know what's going to happen in Ohio. But all of a sudden, instead of looking at the positive, you started painting a picture of, oh, this is how my day is going to turn out. On the other hand, if you can learn to look at life through your eyes of faith, and start seeing yourself rising to new levels, seeing yourself accomplishing your dreams, receiving more, giving more, even loving more, and enjoying life, seeing your family serving God, you'll experience God's blessings and his favor. We produce what we continually keep in front of us. If you keep an image of success in your mind, you're going to move towards success. But if you see yourself as barely getting by, you're your marriage getting worse, your health going downhill, The most likely your life will gravitate toward those negative situations. I've watched married couples. I've given them the tools to make it through the difficult times in their relationship. And then what happens? They don't embrace the principles that were taught. They don't see a better picture a better vision, and when ends up happening, they end up in divorce. We have people that embark upon journeys. Had I not had that picture of, I'm going to have a cleaning company someday, and I'm going to fulfill that vision that I had in my mind, It wouldn't be here if at that time when God called me and that moment in Ravenna, Ohio, as I was on my knees with my face in the carpet, weeping, I said, "Okay, God, I'll just do it. And as I stand up here right now, I just got goosebumps because I've forgotten something that I did until just this minute. Todd, didn't you just say in this message that if I bless your cleaning company? That you'll surrender and work in my church? See, we have ultimatums because we get blurred. God, I'll do this if. God, I'll do this if. What God wants from each and every one of us is obedience. He wants each and every one of us to be faithful to him. And if you've just started a business... Just remember why you started that business. Remember exactly why God placed you in that new responsibility in that position at your workplace. Embrace it. Focus on it. And allow God to move in and through you. And when you start to see God work, you will do things and want to run and get excited like you've never been able to do before. But if you wake up with, with a level of expectancy, God will bless. But if you wake up with a level of, oh, great, here I go again. Door knock number 22. That's all you're going to get out of it. God wants every one of us to embrace his vision. Understand this. You must conceive it on the inside through your eyes of faith before it will ever come to pass on the outside. Your vision, what you see, has a tremendous impact in your life. We all know what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. True faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. If our lives remain unchanged, we don't truly believe the truths we claim to believe. Listen to me say this one more time because I want you to, to embrace this this morning. True faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. If our lives remain unchanged, we don't truly believe the truths we claim to believe. Wow. Where's faith? You see, when your mind is like a canvas, you can paint on it any kind of picture you choose through your thoughts, through your attitudes, and what you decide to focus on. Don't let dour fear paint on your canvas. Don't let impossible or the can't-be-done thoughts blur the colors on your canvas. Instead, take out the paintbrush of faith, the paintbrush of hope, the paintbrush of expectancy, and begin painting a bright future on the canvas of your heart. And if you want to change your life, change the picture you're painting in your mind. In Genesis fifteen five it says this, And he brought forth the broad, and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. You see, here's the key verse. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. We're talking about what God told Abraham he was going to, to be. He was going to be a father Of many nations. But isn't that kind of bizarre? He told Abraham he was going to be the father of many nations, yet he had no children. And he said, my wife's too old. What am I going to do? I can't do this. But I like what it says in verse 1 in Genesis chapter 15. The word of the Lord came unto him in a vision. The word of the Lord came to him in a vision so all of a sudden god started speaking to abraham he says what did i just hear he steps outside the tent and all of a sudden a voice says to him see all the stars in the heaven all of the nations afterwards will be blessed will you follow me will you follow me and abraham said oh okay see it's a matter of the heart it's a matter of our vision. And if we have the right type of faith in our Christian life and we have the right type of belief that says God will help us get through this difficult time, God will do exactly what he said he will do. Our God is faithful. Maybe you're like Abraham. You have to, you have, to have evidence that God is a part of what you're doing. I kept saying, when we, when we got to church, I was talking to the real estate agent. Our faith was wavering. How in the world will we ever get into a building? How is this ever going to happen? We've only been in existence for nine months. We have like, I think, $1,800 in the bank. We had 30 people. How is this ever going to happen? Oh, oh, Todd, did you forget what it says in the book? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Get out of your car. Get open to that building and claim it. Mm -hmm. Here I go. Beck, we're stopping this car. We're going to get out. We're going to put our hands on the... See, I didn't put my hands on the building. I embraced it. I love this church. God, give it to me. Let's talk like father and son. And I think he was doing what my dad was doing. He was sitting up there going, Todd, get a hold of yourself. You have to continue to keep setting up tables and bringing tarps across. That's what it was like at the YMC. It was a lot of work before church service, but we had fun. We have those memories. Now for all the dust that's on there. Great cleaning company here. Anyhow, uh, I really believe that many of us, Fail to have faith because we won't get out of the car and embrace the very thing that God told us to do. If God spoke to you today and if he's moved within your life, get out of your car and do something about it. Get excited about what God is doing in and through your life. We had a couple in our church. They were trying to sell a house. I know at one point they thought on Kennebec. Will this ever happen? Will we ever sell this house? And God said, start claiming it. Favor is yours. You're my child. And at the right time, at the right place, someone will walk through that house. And he did just that. Amen. And now we can say, glory, that bird's gone. We have to believe it. And we have a problem believing. Why do we have a problem? Billy Graham had a wonderful legacy that he has left for his children. A legacy of love and devotion. A legacy that, you know, many of us may not see. But here was a man that had revivals that swept across the United States and all the way around the world touching millions and millions of people because he saw vision and he acted upon it. And he said the very thing I said. When I got up off the floor, okay, God, here am I, but who do I have? He goes, you don't worry about that. I'll do the rest. And God will always do the rest for you if you'll just put your faith and trust in God. He will give you double for your trouble. God knew it wasn't enough for Abraham simply to hear it. He needed to get a picture of it in his mind. God wanted Abraham to have a visual image. So he started to write on his canvas. So every night when Abraham went outside and looked up, he was reminded of God's promise to him. Even though it didn't come to pass for 20 years, Abraham saw himself as the father of many nations. He saw it through his eyes of faith. He conceived it on the inside, inside of his heart. God started to move. Abraham painted that picture on the canvas of his mind. And eventually God brought it to pass. Maybe the reason you're not experiencing God's best, the reason maybe for you you're stuck kind of in a rut simply because your vision needs to be improved. In Mark chapter 5 verse 21, there was a story of a woman. Jesus was doing his work and she had seen something and she had heard something. And here's what happened. This woman that had a rare Bleeding disease. She had heard there's a man and his name is Jesus and he will heal you. Oh, she says, but who is he? Oh, he's the Son of God, he's the Messiah. And so all of a sudden, Jesus is doing his work, he's busy about what he's doing, and all of a sudden, this lady. She gets in the midst of this crowd. And as she's in the midst of this crowd, all she does is she gets down on all fours. And she reaches through and just touches the hem of his garment. And immediately, the healing power of the Son of God went through him and healed her. And here's what she said. He said to her first, who just touched me? Isn't that powerful? Who was the person that just touched the hem of my garment? He said, it's you, isn't it? Go. You are healed. How many of us are afraid to have faith and trust and just touch the hem of his garment So that we can have that same healing power. See, our life is so blurred. God wants to start revival in each and every one of our lives. When I say the church, I'm not saying the building. I'm saying the community. God wants to use you where you're at. In your workplace, in your family. Now it's up to you now to go spread the gospel. To share the good news of salvation that he has for each and every person. But we've lost that vision. Where are you at? What have you done? This woman hemorrhaged for 12 years. She'd spent all she had. And all she thought was, if I just have a touch, she believed, if I just can get a touch of his cloak, then I will be healed. And that She was. She was healed. Disciples question him. All these people, and many of us ask this question. How can that happen? And here's what he said. Because of your faith, you have been made whole. Because of your faith, you have been made whole. Now go in peace. There's a story for you. We're back to that series on stories. And as I close, how many would say I'm not happy with the painting or canvas in my life? How many of you would say I'm just not happy? I got up this morning and and I was trying to, you know, think about how I could really get the church involved and what we could do for this community and at large and Akron and just cause a great revival upon New Hope Akron, a place that, was, that is called New Hope Christian Fellowship by the law, but we want to bring hope to Akron, Ohio and the surrounding areas. Have we lost our vision? Ha, as, has the canvas gotten all jumbled up? Have we lost sight of who Jesus is? Because of all of the distractions and because of maybe the infections that we've allowed in our eye, because the scripture says because you've allowed certain influences in your life, in your eye that goes straight to your heart, you can no longer see as clearly as you once did. When was the last time that you were in the Word? When was the last time that you said, God, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to be intentional about my prayer time? I want to hear from you, God. I want to, I want to see this canvas. Lord, speak to me. Give me a vision. For my family. Give me a vision for lost souls. I don't want to see my loved ones die and go to hell. Lord, I want to give them a hope. And a future. And if you've been seeing your painting. And your canvas. Not as attractive. Or as beautiful. As you think it ought to be. Then paint a new canvas. Paint a new picture start seeing yourself as the scripture says in romans chapter 8 verse 37 we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us and he gave himself for us throw that other one away paint a new one maybe there is bitterness in your life maybe there's been strife maybe you are having a hard time getting along with your spouse Instead of giving up on your marriage, look through your eyes of faith and start living in peace and in harmony. Maybe there's somebody that's around you that you've like, don't really care for them. Change your mindset. Live to love. Paint a new canvas. Look through your eyes of faith start living in peace and harmony change what you are seeing and you will change what you are doing change what you are seeing and you will change what you are producing Hebrews eleven six says this but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him Mark chapter 9, verse 23 reads, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. When was the last time you say, Lord, give me a vision for the people in my community? Give me a vision for the people in my church. How about this? Father, give me A vision for my family. My mom says every night before she goes to sleep, I name every child and every grandchild off by name. What she's saying is, I have a vision. And I'm not stopping to pray. So church, let's not look on Facebook and desire and covet what somebody else has. Paint a new picture. Embrace your faith. Say, God, help me today. Lift me up. Let's pray. Let's all stand. Father, we love you and we thank you this morning that we can come to you. Lord, I pray that you'll just help all of us to, to embrace your word. And, Lord, we thank you that, Lord, even with Abraham, you painted a canvas of stars. And because you're true and you're honest... And you are the everlasting God Lord you didn't fail The children of Israel You didn't fail The descendants of Abraham For father you said As the stars are in the heaven And the sand is on the seashore Your descendants will be blessed Father you planted that Saturday afternoon in my heart, a vision. And so, God, we pray that you will open up the heavens as we will receive your glory. And, Lord, that you will bring those here to do your work, to see souls saved and lives changed. And, Lord, as we embark upon this afternoon in our new members' class, may they understand that we love your word. We love the doctrine of your word. We're a community that loves serving you. So, Father, if there's somebody here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, if there's somebody that's listening today, Father, I just pray that you'll put your hand upon them and anoint them. Let them know they are loved and by faith, Lord, their life can be changed. As they trust in you. Lord bless this time. Bless this time of prayer. In your house. In your holy name we pray.